The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross are brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Ross are brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Ross were brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io SGPN. That's SoBet.io SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is a Monday evening uh, for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Like we said, we're going to start going every single day for you guys, Monday to Friday. And joining me to break down everything that's happening in the NBA and break down the Tuesday night schedule, it's my main man, Zach Broner. Zach, how you feeling this uh, Monday evening, my man? Feeling good, bro. It's good to be uh, back on the show, second week in a row. And yeah. uh, I'm, this this is your third podcast of the day, right? Judging based on what I've seen in the Slack channel. Yeah, so we did NBA Gambling Pod <laughs> this morning for the Monday games, me and uh, Terrell. Then uh, me and John did the propcast uh, for the player props. And then we're uh, we're early on uh, on for the Tuesday. But, hey, I'm already seeing lines dropping and. Um, and some extra stuff that we're going to get into as well. So, hey, you know, like we always said, we, we, I'll, sit, I'll sit back, I'll kick my feet up with you and Terrell and Jong and Scott, and I'll, I can talk hoops all day. So I'm happy to do it, man. Yeah, yeah. Legendary performance by you today. Um, <laughs> we, got, we got some, uh, some, some nice games in the NBA tonight. And, yeah, I think we're going to get some interesting stuff today. I'll try to throw some fun questions out there yeah. um, for you. And uh, glad to be back. I mean, it's just fun to be back in the swing of things. Had some good games over the weekend. Um, the Grizzlies continue their tear. The Mavericks continue theirs. Two teams we're going to talk about today. So yeah, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been good. And then obviously last night we had, we had Clay calling back, which was a pretty cool moment uh, for yeah. all basketball fans. Yeah, my eyes were absolutely glued to that uh, that uh, uh, at least the comeback for Clay from him, you know, running onto the floor for warmups and then him sitting on the bench for starting lineups. It, it was. Uh, I'm sure I, I don't know what was going through his mind, but I, I was getting goosebumps and things like that. Just having him back uh, on the floor for the Golden State Warriors. So, um, guys, the the agenda or what we're gonna do tonight for the NBA Gambling Podcast, uh, we'll touch on the Clay stuff. Get uh, Zach's thoughts on that, and then we'll also get into some news that we're hearing about Ben Simmons maybe being linked to some trade rumors and some teams. Uh, that are interested. Also, uh, Zach, I see Jeremy Grant's name also popping up, so maybe we can touch on that a little bit. Yep. 
And I thought this was a great time. You know, we're kind of midway through the point of or approaching the midway point of the season for most teams that we would start going down the divisions again, like we did last season around this time, uh, kind of the division down low. So we'll discuss the Southwest division tonight. Uh, Scott and Terrell will do a division on their Thursday show, and then we'll continue to making the rounds until we have covered all the divisions. So let's just dive right into it, Zach. Uh, let's start with the clay news, man. Obviously, he returned last night for the Golden State Warriors after I think it was like 900 plus days battling two just crazy injuries for him. Um, was in the starting lineup, finished the game with 17 points. Um, I'm sure your eyes were glued to that game. Uh, what were your thoughts on Clay coming back last night? Yeah, it's actually funny. I was uh, I was trying to go out and get some food after the NFL games, but uh-huh. and like I was I was watching uh, the Nuggets game as well um, and getting and just like trying to time it up, and I couldn't really find a good time to leave because yeah. I wanted to see the starting lineups and all that. So I ended up making like leftovers out of my freezer for dinner last night because that's how badly <laughs> I was. I need to see the shit. But I think look for Clay. I mean, it's I think it's we talked about this last week. I think we probably both want to wait, you know, two, three weeks to kind of see what this is going to look like. Obviously, it's, they weren't fully formed. It's kind of a shame that Draymond did miss that game last night. Obviously, we should hopefully have plenty of opportunities to see this team fully formed. But, you know, Clay to come back already with another missing starter. Um, I, thought, I thought Clay looked good. I mean, that dunk was really impressive. Um, seemed moving pretty well. I, I highly doubt that he's going to be that same, like, okay, you can stick him on, on a Kyrie Irving and, like, expect him to, to hold up in that matchup defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he – like, I think last night, I mean, it was nice that it went up against the Cavs who don't really have anybody outside of Darius Garland who's really that shaky off the dribble. So, Clay was able to have some nicer matchups to kind of ease in in terms of being that perimeter defender offensively. Uh, the jumper looks obviously the same. I mean, it's going to be really good. And that, that dunk was just kind of a sign, hopefully, of things to come. I think, to me, the kind of the bigger takeaway was I think – for the Warriors, I think you got to be really encouraged by the way Jordan Poole and Andre Iguodala played last night as well. Kind of, yeah. those are two guys who have been more featured without Clay. Now you have Jordan Poole; he's an up-and-coming young player in this league in a contract year. Um, was playing a ton of minutes next to Steph Curry, played a key role for them in that play-in race last year. He's kind of clearly relegated here in a big time in a big time way uh, with a, with a guy coming in as position. He was able to come off the bench, you know, go six to twelve, get six threes up, plus seventeen in his twenty-four minutes with fourteen points. So I think that's kind of an encouraging development. Andre Iguodala played well as well, and you know, adding Clay in this rotation just you know they have so many depth pieces. Um, and that's been what's been nice about this team so far. I think it's going to make them a little more top heavy. You're going to see less of these guys getting extended burn. Um, but, you know, Gary Payton, 19 minutes, JTA, 19 minutes. Both those guys played pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take some time to figure it out, but obviously really encouraging for Clay. Uh, he hit the 20 minutes right on the number. Yeah. It looked like, looked like he probably wanted to play more. And it's nice that they were able to have a double digit lead, although uh, that did get cut down to 10 in the fourth quarter. But yeah. all in all, successful debut. And, uh, huge game between golden state and the, and the surging Grizzlies tomorrow. So looking forward to seeing that, you know, does, do we see clay Thompson guarding John Morant for any extended periods? That'll be really an interesting test for how his legs are holding up. Yeah. I think you're the nail on the head that I'm in more interested to see what clay does on the defensive side of the basketball, because prior to the injuries, you know, he was guarding the best players on yeah. the opposing teams. And, and those were tough matchups for, you know, opposing players with clay Thompson, who's, you know, underrated prior to the injuries was a, one of the best or better de- perimeter defenders in our league. And, you know, last night he looked great. I mean, um, 
obviously, you know, getting the rust off of him. He had, he got up 18 shots, which was, you know, pretty good. And they have a pretty tough schedule coming up to the Golden State Warriors. Um, if we kind of look ahead to their schedule, they have, like you mentioned, the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow night. Um, and then on Thursday, they have a matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. They go to Chicago on Friday and then wow. Sunday. Yeah, they wrap it up in Minnesota. So an interesting stretch coming up for the uh, Golden State Warriors. And I think the other part of it is that the dispense depth, I think, is going to be key for them. Not only for the rest of the season, but also in the playoffs. Like you said, uh, Jordan Poole, uh, hashtag pro blue. Uh, He's been really good. (laughs) He's been really good for the uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, You know, I picked him as either the most improved player or probably the sixth man uh, of the year. If he's going to continue coming off the bench for them, you know, he's going to really embrace that role. Last time, like you said, six to 12 from the field, he scored 14 points um, for the Golden State Warriors. So, um, yeah, I think we both said last, um, Zach, that. It's probably going to take two or three weeks for Clay to kind of just, you know, get just back up to game rhythm. Um, but I think we can chalk it up as a, uh, a a check mark for the debut and the return of Clay Thompson uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. I mean, I just also want to say, as we record here, Draymond Green already ruled out for tomorrow night. Okay. Um, you know, when that guy's ruled out the night before, that's never really a great sign in terms of like how, how close he was. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something to monitor there. Obviously, it's a calf thing so kind of a soft tissue thing those things can tend to linger so definitely want to monitor that and that's a brutal week for them yeah highly highly doubt you see clay play the back-to-back uh the the thursday friday um and you look i mean i think as someone who's had some injuries you know and not nothing compared to what clay's been through and obviously not an athlete at his level but it's the mental side of things and i think seeing him like elevate in traffic for a one-footed takeoff for a dunk and landing in traffic i mean I don't know what his mental state is at, but that that must that must have been somewhat petrifying for him, right? I mean, sure. yeah. I think the way he the way he injured the ACL in the in the finals against the Raptors, that was an awkward fall. Um, and then you know the Achilles was behind closed doors, but you know just I think it's the mental side of things. So yeah, for him, it's about continuing to ramp up. I mean, I wonder how many minutes he plays tomorrow night. Probably around the same amount of twenty. I mean, it's just kind of a mat, and that's why it's so key to how well they played, right? Because they can kind yeah. of they have a cu- they not a cushion because I do think you know the Suns and Jazz aren't going anywhere, right. um, but uh, the opportunity to kind of work him in and not and not need him to carry you up the standings. Whereas like you look at someone like Anthony Davis or, or a Kawhi Leonard or Jamal Murray, where it's like they're going to be asked when they come back to be everything for their team or close to it. So um, a nice situation to be thirty and eight without you know your arguably your third third best player yeah 100 again and you know even without draymond i think that um I, I think we have to give a lot of credit to what andrew wiggins has been able to do for this uh, golden state warriors teams and um you know there was a lot of pressure on him you know being one of the top picks in the nba you know when he was selected and really didn't find his stride with the golden i'm sorry with the minnesota timberwolves but now being over with the golden state warriors i think he's absolutely doing a fantastic job providing that scoring punch alongside uh steph curry and i think that he's going to be equally as more important right now uh as clay kind of gets his legs back under him to provide that scoring punch that hey if clay has an off night or is going to be sitting on a back-to-back situation and now we hear that draymond green is already ruled out for tomorrow so there's there might be something uh more to it or more serious uh than we maybe initially thought about Draymond Green's calf, but yeah, again, just to kind of put a bow on it. Glad to see uh, Clay back out there. We're going to continue to monitor to see how he does. 
as they have a, a very tough schedule coming up, especially a road trip, that four game road trip. So um, I think everybody around the NBA, as far as fans and players, were just happy to see uh, Clay back on the floor uh, for the yep. Golden State Warriors. Um, Zach, let's move over to some more news that kind of came out this morning in an article from The Athletic that Shumps Charania kind of put out. Um, let's. Uh, we said last week that it was really quiet on the Ben Simmons front, but I guess there's some there's some rumbling starting to happen as we're kind of a month away from the NBA tread deadline. We're seeing uh, from Sh- um, Shumps saying that you know John Collins is a possibility for the Ben Simmons deal, something around him or Cam Reddish to Philly. Um, thoughts on this Ben Simmons uh, potential deal coming up for them, and does it benefit both teams? Yeah, so Atlanta, obviously, in the news today, uh, or in the news recently, I mean, this is a team, you're starting from their point of view. I mean, it's it's still early. Like, I, I think it's still early this season, but, like, Atlanta needs to, like, wake up at some point. I mean, yeah, this is a team that was, like, they apparently had next in the East, and they were supposed to be right in this tier at the top. I mean, Chicago and Miami weren't supposed to be this much better than Atlanta, let alone all the teams, like, Atlanta right now, they're like a worse version of the Hornets. Like um, imagine, imagine saying, imagine saying that, you know, in the playoffs last year. So I, I do think a shakeup could make sense there. And Ben Simmons is a guy like I, I remain high on Ben Simmons. And I think that would be a really intriguing fit. Um, I think the, the question, obviously, as with Ben anywhere is like, if he's not going to shoot, you know, what can he do off the ball? We know he's phenomenal with the ball in his hands, pushing, getting out in transition, being a passer. But Trey Young is arguably one of the, you know, the most ball dominant player we have yeah. um going right now and i think you, you know that kind of feeds into directly what we're seeing with john collins who's a guy who in the playoffs last year he embraced the dirty work and i think in the playoffs he was really comfortable being that kind of garbage man for you know taking his shots when he gets them uh crashing the glass like crazy and john collins was, had a phenomenal playoffs and he was rewarded for it uh with, with this contract in the offseason, but now you're seeing, you know, regular season time comes around, priorities are a little bit different, and that's totally okay. But John Collins is a guy who doesn't have as big of a role right now in Atlanta. Um, I think he could, I think he's a really intriguing young player. I mean, I think what's kind of weird is for John Collins is like, okay, but Atlanta has a number three offense. Like, that's not the problem right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, like they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're doing just fine, you know, without, you know, getting John Collins more, more, more post touches or whether it's ball movement, that's the issue. I mean, I, I understand that. And anyone who's played basketball knows it's not that fun to play when the ball's not moving, but yeah. they're third in offense trending up on that, on that end of the floor. And Trey Young is, is absolutely ridiculous right now. So, you know, for Atlanta, I wouldn't necessarily want to change anything internally. Offensively, they do need to pick it up defensively. I mean, they are uh, fourth to last. Like I said, they're you know they're the exact same profile as the Hornets, a little a little bit le- uh, lower uh, on the standings. Um, but yeah, I think Ben would be a nice pickup. They obviously have the pieces, and I think from Philly's perspective, um, you know, if you get a, maybe a couple of these wings, like. Atlanta has Reddish, Herder, Hunter, and, and Bogey. I think, you know, if, if Philly could get two or three of those guys in the fold, uh, maybe a couple of young pieces. I mean, I don't know if I love the Collins and Bead fit. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's not bad. Like, Collins and Capella worked in the playoffs nicely. Um, and I think Collins, for him, I think he could really explode offensively if he were to be, like, in a Carl Anthony Towns type role where he's not playing our traditional big next to him. I think he could be this offensive player that he sees himself as um, obviously supremely talented. Um, But yeah, I mean, maybe this opens up some three team possibilities with John Collins going somewhere else as that kind of star player um, that brings in more value into the overall deal. So I think this definitely checks out. Uh, 
I think Sean's mentioned a couple other names like the Spurs, the Pacers. We, we've heard those over and over again with Ben Simmons. Um, haven't had much movement. So, it, look, I mean, I think it's got to happen. Like like we said last week, I mean, Joel Embiid's prime is not something to be taken lightly. Um, yeah. And, and they, they have to go all in every chance they have a healthy Embiid because he's playing like one of the best players in the NBA. So, very interesting. And for Atlanta, um, you know, I'm not surprised they want to shake things up. I mean, they're they're – we keep saying like, okay, it's going to get normal and they'll be like right back in that five, six seed. I mean, they're three and seven in their last 10 games and yeah. they've had a lot of COVID, but uh, you know, so is everybody else. So they're yeah. sitting at 12th in the East right now. Um, and they got to write the ship soon. Yeah. Defensively for the Atlanta Hawks, it's, 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 it's not pretty right for the season. They've been our season long stats there. They, they are in the bottom four and over the last three or sorry, over the last five games, it's been even worse uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. So I think, you know, if they did bring in Ben Simmons and, you know, they had a package deal around John Collins and Cam Reddish, I think defensively that would make them a lot better. Um, I definitely a premier backcourt because like you said, Trey Young is a player that can go out there and drop 30 points every single night for you. Um, yeah. Offensively, I'm not worried about this team. Like you said, you know, you still have shooters around uh, Trey Young with Bogdanovich. You have Danilo Gallinari. Um Kevin Herter has been a, a very nice surprise for the uh, Atlanta Hawks over the past couple seasons. So um, I'm definitely excited or, you know, the potential of Ben Simmons there in, in Atlanta is definitely something that's exciting. The question to you also is what kind of thinking about if, if John Collins did end up in um, Philly, how would the fit be next to Tobias Harris? Yeah. I, I wouldn't like that fit really at all. Yeah. I mean, I, personally, I mean, I, I think Tobias Harris is like kind of the, the ideal t- player type I would like to have as that power forward next to Joel Embiid. He's not playing well right now, but I think, you know, Embiid is somebody who he can kind of swallow the pain on his own defensively. And it's nice to have that extra shooting around him because he does like to, you know, get the ball in the low post and kind of be methodical from there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily love the, the John Collins fit there, but but once again, I mean, if you add another big piece into into some sort of Ben Simmons deal, um, you can bring in more teams and bring in more overall talent, you know, coming back your way. I mean, look, I think it's really interesting. Daryl Morey has said he wanted he wants a star. Um, there doesn't really seem to be a star out there. I think, yeah. I, and, and, and to me, I, I think the option of getting, like, if you could bring into this team, like maybe a healthy DeAndre Hunter and a Kevin Herter um, and, and, and another piece, you know, another quality starter. Like, I still think that could be make you really, really formidable. Um, if Joel Embiid is playing at the peak of his powers, um, I, I still think that gives you a chance. Maybe they do look better in the playoffs offensively without Ben Simmons. I think there's still some questions to be answered there, whether he was the entire problem or not. Um, but I, I, I would not, I would not necessarily be a fan of John Collins. Uh, but, but that being said, I mean, if, 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 if Ben Simmons isn't going to play at all, if, if that's your starting scenario, then yeah, I would bring John Collins into the fold just to have that extra talent in your rotation. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting how things kind of transpire as we are about a month or so away from the NBA trade deadline. And it's starting to heat up. Uh, some of the other teams that are in rumors and mentioned in, in uh, Shams's uh, article over on the athletic, I think one more name I did want to touch on was Jeremy Grant for the Detroit Pistons and uh, a team that you've been very fond of, um, Zach, but you know some of the names or some of the teams that are listed in this uh, in this article are the Washington Wizards, the New York Knicks, the Detroit. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, the uh, Portland Trailblazers and the Los Angeles Lakers for the services of Jeremy Grant. And you know, we know Jeremy Grant has been sidelined due to a UCL injury in his right thumb, but um, you know 
Jeremy Grant, when it was with Denver, another team that, you know, we've talked about a lot on this podcast is he was really good for them before he decided to take the bag with Detroit. It seems like that Detroit is just fully committed to making a, a full-on youth movement and Jeremy Grant being 27 years old, I think they could get a lot of young pieces or draft capital back for him. He did sign a four-year, $112 million extension this offseason. Um, but I think any of those teams that are rumors can really use the services of a type of player like Jeremy Grant is. Yeah, I think anybody could use Jeremy Grant, uh, especially if his three ball is falling. I mean, he's kind of like the a, a, a serious playoff piece, you know, as we saw making that long run with Denver in the bubble. Um, and just his, his skill set is, is made for playoff basketball. I think for Detroit – uh, you got to love the way Sadiq Bay has started to come on recently. Yeah. And especially with him playing a lot more space on the wing. I mean, Jeremy Grant's one of these tweener forwards who's like, a, he's a three slash four, but it's like offensively, he kind of needs to be a four. Um, I think I, I, you know, he would be maybe nice between, between LeBron and AD. I think that could be a fascinating fit there, but for Detroit, they're going to have to go for the highest bidder here uh, of those teams. I mean, the Knicks probably have the most assets to go get him. Mm-hmm. Um, um, maybe Washington as well with the, the tremendous amount of young players they have. But um, I think Jeremy Grant is definitely going to be moved. I think with that, you know, with that thumb injury, you never want to speculate, but like it's not a lower body thing. So you're not really worried about like durability for the playoffs. Uh, right. It's just a, a hand injury. So hopefully it doesn't affect the jumper, but he should be good to go. Uh, once you get him in the fold, as long as you know, that all looks good. Um, any playoff team would love to have him. I mean, I think the, the Warriors sons and jazz should all be interested. I mean, you can't have too many big wings that can defend at a high level um, in playoff basketball, as we've seen how those, how those series tend to go uh, throughout the last few years. Um, and look, those teams are all still going to need a guy to guard LeBron. Um, so Jeremy yeah. Grant is like one of the better names out there, probably other than Mikhail Bridges. I mean, Draymond Green, you're, you're going to want to have more options than just those two. And and if you're the Jazz, you don't really have anybody right now. Um, so, I, you know, whether that's enough, I mean, Jeremy Grant is a very good player, like kind of just, just below all-star level. So it probably will take a good amount to go get him. So maybe that is the Knicks um, or, or somebody else that comes in surprising, but yeah, definitely feels like he will be moved at the, at the deadline. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think that you know the teams that you even mentioned. I think the one intriguing name or the team that's very intriguing that could, I think, really maybe put him over the top is the Phoenix Suns. I think that's the type of player that they really need to kind of get provide that scoring punch next to Chris Paul and even Devin Booker. Yep. Yeah, you have DeAndre Ayton in the middle, but I, I and I've said this all season long is that they need to probably get another scorer in there. Um, and Jeremy Grant, you know, he's a pretty good defender as well. So I think those are services that um, the Phoenix Suns and even the Utah Jazz can use. So definitely it will be interesting um, to see as we kind of get closer and closer to the trade deadline and we'll keep uh, our eyes open for more uh, news as drops from Shams and Woj as far as players are concerned. And, you know, maybe who knows next time we'll record or, or have another podcast. We do have a big trade to discuss. But uh, till then, uh, let's put a bow on that news. Zach, let's take a quick break here, bud. We'll come back and we'll dive into the Southwest Division uh, in the NBA. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5 and win $400 in free bets. Win a trip to Shaq's Funhouse in LA. Bet $20 
on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and $5,000 in travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Roster brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are finally here and PropSwap, PropSwappers are cashing in. Like Steve from Tennessee who last week sold his $250, 100-1 Patriots Super Bowl ticket for $2,500 on PropSwap. Steve locked in his profit when he turned his $250 bet into $2,500. The buyer got great odds and the seller made 10 times his bet. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales, and red hot tickets for sale. A loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break. Um, so, Zach, we decided to start making our rounds in the divisions uh, in the NBA. And the one that we wanted to get into tonight was going to be the Southwest uh, Division. Um, so, pretty much what we want to do, we'll probably we'll look at the season win totals before the season started. Uh, take a look at the record of these teams right now. And uh, we'll look at the updated division odds for this division. Um, let's start it off with the Dallas Mavericks. We'll just go in alphabetical order here with the Dallas Mavericks. So their season win total was 48 and a half before the season started. Currently updated number uh, on the books uh, that I did find was 45 and a half with the juice to the over currently the Dallas Mavericks uh, are let's see here. Number five in the Western conference with a record of 22 and 18 uh, right behind the Memphis Grizzlies in that Southwest division where they are currently five games out. But um, Zach, let's start with this. What were your kind of thoughts coming into the season for the Dallas Mavericks um, in the Southwest division? Obviously I think the biggest question that I has posed was were they going to be able to go out and get another superstar next to Luka? They haven't done that yet, and I'm not sold that KP is the answer there. But um, Dallas Mavericks, man, let, let's start there. Yeah, coming into the year, I think they were a team that they were kind of uh, thrown into the swath of, of teams in the West. We didn't really know kind of where they fell in that pecking order. I think we've seen they can be a really dangerous playoff team just because they can put – all that load on Luca, and he's so good at, in playoff basketball regular season. It's kind of weird. And, and like you said, we've been kind of waiting for this roster to like develop 
to the next level around Luca for the past few years, uh, past couple of years, I would say. And it really hasn't like, it's kind of been the same group of guys, very quiet free agency. You know, you still have your Tim Hardaway jr. Your Jalen Brunson, your Kleba, your Powell, uh, Dorian Finney Smith. I mean, they basically kind of run back the same group um, again and again. And, and that's nothing against those guys. I mean, that, that that's, they've been a good team. You know, they, they pushed a, a Kawhi Leonard Clippers team right to the brink of elimination. Um, but a little bit on the staler side of things. And I, I was kind of unclear on them coming into the year especially with the Jason Kidd hire that, you know, I didn't necessarily love. Uh, obviously, it looked like things were kind of far gone between Luca and Carlisle, and they had to reset the culture there. So it looks like Jason Kidd does kind of have a good handle on things so far this season, and it's been some pretty positive vibes out of their um, slow start of the season, but obviously playing their, their best basketball as of late and uh, on a nice little winning streak here. Yeah, for the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, sitting at 22 and 18, they've played 40 games so far, and Luca's only played in 25 of them. And yep. I think we got to give a lot of credit for what Jalen Brunson has been able to do for this Dallas Mavericks teams in the absence of Luca. Um, he's averaging currently 16 points per game for the Dallas Mavericks, 5.6 assists, and he's really carried that load. And um, for the Mavericks, and you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been another player that's been in and out of the lineup as well as KP, who's only played 26 games. So, um, yeah, I just kind of feel like that there there are there's some moves out there that need to be made for the Dallas Mavericks to pair Luca with another star or all star on this roster to kind of maybe make that leapfrog into being a top four team in the Western Conference. Um, there's a a guy on this roster that uh, Dan brought the attention to last season when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that was Moses Brown. And I feel like you know this is a player that probably needs to get more run on this team and you know the size that he brings for this roster i, I think that's something that they should probably need to take advantage of uh i mean they have bobon as well but i thought moses brown you know has the potential there and should probably get some more uh more uh, playing time on this roster uh zach I, I forgot that you love moses brown he <laughs> <laughs> was a cash cow for us last season to yeah. for on his player props until the uh, market caught up yeah, you know, I I remember you were hyping up Moses Brown daily. I was sleeping on it, and he 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 put up a lot of numbers last year. Um, yeah, I think he could be someone that could definitely get more minutes. I mean, they do have kind of a lot of bigs uh, with Powell, Kleba, Porzingis all playing a lot, and then you know Boban in some matchups as well as uh, Finney Smith kind of being a, a bigger guy, and and Luka Doncic also having the ability to guard power forwards with his size. So I, I think there might not be necessarily a huge role for him in the rotation, but definitely a guy who's produced every time he's gotten an opportunity, um, and that's something to be said for that. I think for the Mavericks, you got to be encouraged as well that you know. In this recent time, they've had a lot of COVID. They've had uh, Luka Doncic in and out of the lineup with a gimpy ankle. You've seen guys step up. You mentioned Jalen Brunson playing well. Uh, Josh Green finally starting to come around. You know, they're, they're young first-round pick, putting up double digits back-to-back games, starting to kind of come into a role off the bench. That could be really nice for them. He's a really athletic uh, wing. And, you know, this it's kind of weird because, like you said, Luka's missed a lot of time, but – the identity of this team so far, especially in this in this recent bout of winning, has been on the defensive end. Yeah, um, they've they've really turned it around on that end. Uh, pulling up the stat here, yeah, in, in in their last ten games, seven and three, including a six game winning streak, by far the best defense in the NBA. Yeah, uh, with a, with a one hundred two defensive rating, the offense has been good as well, um, but but nothing crazy. I mean, you're looking at a top ten offense, you know, not not the top five offense like we've seen. And you know, it seems like kind of like Lamelo Ball and Trey Young are like the new Luca um, in terms of a guy that you could just hand the keys to and they'll get you in that top five. Um, so, yeah, coming around on the defensive end, uh, I think, you know, Luca 
like you said, he's missed a lot of games and he hasn't even played that well yet when he's been healthy. Like he's not putting up the type of numbers we're used to seeing from him. So that could be interesting, you know, in terms of looking at these win totals or, or getting on them in, in an in-season win total or potentially for the division. I mean, they're really the only team that has a viable shot here to catch the the Grizzlies. Um, I think that number could be interesting. I mean, Porzingis, you mentioned him. He's kind of playing well. I mean, yeah, only – at 28% from three, which you'd like that to be higher, and that needs to be higher for any type of playoff push. But his steals and blocks are up, uh, been much more active. Free throw attempts nearly doubling. I mean, I think Jason Kidd has kind of gotten into him a little bit, and that's got to be encouraging for Dallas. But do you think they have the juice? Uh, what's the number here um, to catch up uh, for the plus division? Plus 190. Plus yeah. 190. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're four games back in the loss column. What do you think of that with Luka hopefully being more healthy down the stretch? Yeah, I think for me, it's really going to come down to, and I've been saying this is how they do try to improve the roster, right? They do have the rookie head coach, and they're still trying to implement probably a new offensive system there. But the one advantage that the uh, Dallas Mavericks do have right now, or I mean, I would say is that they have the 10th easy schedule remaining, but for Memphis, they have the 4th easy schedule remaining as well. Um, So, you know, no scheduling advantage for them, but... Um, you know, I think that, again, if Luca, you know, we heard the things that he's been overweight this season or coming into the season, he was overweight around 250, 260 pounds, whatever the case was. But uh, definitely they have the potential because they're playing so well on defensive side. I think just because this Memphis team is, is just they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They have so much talent. Ja is just playing on a whole other level right now for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think it'll be tough for them to kind of catch them, even though they are only four games back in the lost column. It just makes me nervous that Memphis has a fourth easy schedule remaining uh, in the entire NBA. And you kind of look at the Dallas roster. Yeah, they have a plethora of bigs, but until I see them make a significant move uh, for another star or all-star on this team, um, I'm not stole on this Dallas team yet. Do you think that just because, or, you know, you mentioned that KP's numbers are up from year over year. Is it probably time for them to kind of sell us or trade him when his stock is at an all-time high, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I think that, that that could be on the table. It was interesting. I think they were mentioned as well as a Miles Turner suitor in that uh, yeah. that Shams inside pass piece. Yeah, so, you're right. you know, that could be an interesting swap or, or maybe, you know, I think Dallas would maybe get something else in that trade. You know, Porzingis is a guy I still love his skill set in the playoffs just because he has that rare combination of rim protection on defense and then he could space the floor for Luka offensively. Now he hasn't been so happy in that role in the past, so I think that's like kind of concerning. You know, under Jason Kidd does seem more bought in, like I said. Um, I, I expect them to keep Porzingis, but yeah, I mean, like, this is a team. It was always like, okay, they're going to go get like a Spencer Dinwiddie type to put next to to Dallas, to Luca. Yeah. You know, maybe a Bradley Beal next to Luca. Um, and and I think Jalen Brunson on, on a long term scale maybe could be that guy. But this year they don't have it. Yeah. You know, I think they could still beat anybody. I like they they could still beat anybody in a seven game series if Luca is the best player in that series, and, yeah. and that's still on the table for this team. But in the regular season, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch them to come back yet either, just because with how well Memphis is playing. What do you think of this? Who's the best player in this division, Ja or Luca? Uh, I think it's so Luca. Yeah, me too. I still think it's Luca. Um, I just want Luca to be healthy. I just want him to, you know, be out there for seventy-five percent, eighty percent of the season. But we've seen what he can do in the playoffs, Zach. Like it's incredible. Like yeah. when he's healthy, when he's prime, Luca in the playoffs, this guy is unstoppable. He's a walking triple double every single night, and it's not even a triple double where it's like. 
15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. No, he's putting up numbers like 30 plus points. 15 assists, 15 plus rebounds. That's the type of player Luca is. So um, it'll be definitely interesting how this the rest of the season kind of transpires for the Dallas Mavericks. Again, one of the teams that have the easier schedules or a top 10 easy schedule remaining in the NBA. Before we move on to the next team, um, Zach, currently the win total for the um, Dallas Mavericks is at 45 and a half. Will you take the over or the under right now? I would take that over. I, I I expect them to kind of, they're in the five seed right now. I think they would probably finish in the five seed um, to end the season. So what they got to, you know, double this in. Uh, yeah, know, they got to, they got to double this and we're basically at the halfway point right now. Yeah. And that's what Luca missing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, about 15 games or so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll go def- over there. Yeah, I would go over as well, especially, you know, the way they're playing on defense. Let's move over to the next team here. Uh, Zach, we have. Uh, let's see who's next on my list. We have the Memphis Grizzlies that we just mentioned. Their win total before the season started was at 41 and a half. Um, currently the updated number is 49 and a half for this team. Uh, currently sitting number one in the Southwest division. Currently number four overall in the Western conference with a record of 28 and 14. Um, I, I guess we got to start with the star of this team, man, John Moran, who's as of late just been an absolute tear since he returned from health and safety protocols and the ankle injury, averaging 24.7 points per game for them. Um, year over year, I mean, last season, he he wasn't doing this much on the offensive side of the basketball. Um, I think last season he hovered around, I think, uh, 18 or 19 points per game. Yeah, 19.1 points per game. This season, all the way up to 24.7. But um, let's start with Jaw here, man. What do you think of his play so far this season, uh, Zach? Yeah, it's 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 really it's really impressive. I mean, it's kind of out of nowhere in my eyes, like how just I mean, starting off with the, with the, how good this team is, and like yeah. he, he's the leader of this team. I mean, they just this roster is not as good as has they been playing, and they're more than the sum of their parts, and it's phenomenal. Jaw on an individual level. I mean, obviously he was like there was a narrative developing for no good reason. When they went on the winning streak without him, he comes back, they struggle for a couple of games, but what he's doing right now is ridiculous. Um, and, and one easily probably the most exciting player to watch in the NBA right now. I mean, that block yeah. last night was, I mean, it, it's, it's not a human. Yeah. It's not human. It's silly. It's silly. And he's, He's so good. I mean, you look at this team kind of breaking down how they're getting it done first in the league in points in the paint. That starts with John Morant. Um, You know, he just gets to the cup at will. So athletic, um, such a good, you know, passer in in tight areas and setting things up for his teammates. And I can't believe how good John Morant is. Just hope that, you know, with how athletic he is and what we've seen from athletic guards in the past, that he could stay healthy and maintain this longevity. Um, You know, I think it's just like, it's bucket. It's, what I love about this Memphis team is they make you kind of, they kind of challenge how we all like to think about the NBA or how a lot of like the modern thinking about the NBA is like, Oh, you need the, you know, this many superstars and you need shooting and you need all this. Like, no, like this team is playing, they're playing a non-shooting center in Steven Adams, yeah. a, a paint bound center. They're playing a non-shooting point guard. Who's like a liability from three. Um, they're playing two bigs and they are fourth in offense and, and, and they're, you know, 18th and three point percentage and, and 23rd and three point volume. Um, they're, they're like, it's just like, they're not the type of team that 
fits easily into how we think about like, okay, what Atlanta's doing, what Charlotte's doing, what Utah's doing. Um, but they're still right there with those offenses. And it starts with John Morant. And, um, you know, you have a lot of guys that are playing really well on this team, such a deep team. And uh, it's just, they're really fun to watch. And it's, you know, I didn't include them on my surprises list last week because I thought there were other teams that hadn't been talked about as much because Memphis is a big story. But yeah. it's just phenomenal. Uh, just so impressive how good they've been and how good Jaws been. And Taylor Jenkins as well. Uh, I think he's in the conversation, but definitely coach of the year candidate. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big name in the Memphis Grizzlies organization is John Moran, but I think we'd be remiss not to mention how well Desmond Bain has been playing this season yeah. for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And I think that even in the absence of when John Moran was out for a couple of weeks there with the ankle injury and health and safety protocols, Desmond Bain has played in 41 games so far this season, as well as Triple J, and both those guys are averaging 17.7 uh, points per game and 16.4 respectively. So, you know, this team is really exciting to watch. Um, I'm interested to see what kind of happens in the playoffs from that because I feel like they've been in that that playoff play in bubble, I think, for the past two years, and now they're sitting at number four in the Western Conference, and for them to kind of take this leap up to be in the top four, I, I think that they can really make some noise in the playoffs this season. Kind of looking ahead to their schedule, uh, Zach, like I mentioned earlier, they have the fourth easiest schedule remaining in the entire NBA Currently seeing their win updated win total at 49 and a half with some juice to the under. Um for them for for them to finish with 50 wins here, I think they would have to go 22 and um man, 22 and about 20 22 and 18. And I think that's fairly easy for them to do is if they're able to stay healthy and having the fourth easy schedule. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's possible, uh, especially with that fourth easy schedule, like you mentioned. And what I love about this team, I mean, they're, they're on a nine game win streak right now and they're shooting yeah. 33% from three and 72% from the line on that winning streak. Like they're not doing this with like unsustainably hot shooting. I mean, they have some guys who are making threes. Desmond Bain obviously has been phenomenal. Um, Dylan Brooks now goes down three to five weeks. That's definitely something to monitor with that ankle yeah. injury. Mm -hmm. um, but this team, they're so aggressive and they go like they get in the paint. They finish at the rim. They make their own luck. Like they're not waiting for threes to fall, you know, or hoping that threes fall kind of like we've seen some other great teams. They are just so aggressive. Like you see last night against the Lakers, it's like a 10, 12 point game at halftime. They don't let that other team back in. They blow the doors off you in the second half. They talk shit. I mean, just a really aggressive team. And I think that would bode well for their kind of their win total perspective. Like, I think yeah. they're going to keep this up. I think they, they have shown, you know, in the regular season, they can keep this up. I mean, Jaron, like Jaron's been playing great. His three ball isn't even falling yet. I think he's at like 29%. So if that keeps going, if that keeps going up, trending towards how good of a shooter note we know he can be, um, that should be good. And the points in the paint's obviously really sustainable as long as Jaw's healthy uh, with his ability to get in there um, and create for others and himself. So I would go over, I mean, I think what's interesting about this team and we're both singing their praises right now, it's hard not to, but I still like, and this is, I'm sure, why they do have this big chip on their shoulder. Like, I still don't necessarily believe in them and from a playoff perspective, right? Like, if the Grizzlies got in a playoff series with, you know, the Lakers or the Nuggets or the Mavericks or even, like, a Clippers with a healthy PG, like, I, I would probably pick against the Grizzlies. I don't know. I don't know where you stand on that right now. But, like, I see them as a great regular season team, and I love what they're doing. But I think what's so fun about their story is, like, I'm still not even convinced, but I love that they're going to come out and try to prove it to people like me. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, they haven't really had much success in the playoffs. So, yeah, they've gotten in past the play-in tournaments, but gotten bounced in the first round. But, yeah, like you mentioned, their best three-point shooting right for shooter right now is Desmond Bain at 42.8%, and then it falls off to John Moran, who's at 383 Like you mentioned, Triple J is only shooting 314 from three-point land. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that if they, if they can slightly improve their three-point shooting, they're definitely going to be a tough challenge for any team in the Western conference. Um, lastly, before we wrap it up uh, on the um, uh, Memphis Grizzlies uh, against 500 teams and above, they are 16 and nine and against teams that are below 500, 12 and five. So it's not like, you know, we see a lot of some of these teams that play down to competition. Memphis Grizzlies are not one of those teams. Um, you know, they're taking care of business, you know, whether it's against big competition or whether it's against uh, less competition. So you got to give them an, or, or give them a, um, uh, a pat on the back for, you know, taking care of business against any team that's uh, they're facing on any given night. Uh, anything else yeah. for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, Zach? Well, just quickly, but before yeah. we move on, Grizzlies, Mavs, and Grizzlies, Lakers playoff series, who would you take? I would probably go Mavs, Lakers. But I, I, would fade, I would fade the Grizzlies in both of those, uh, even though in a regular season game, like I think the Grizzlies would beat both of them. Like I did last night. Yeah, I, I think that in a seven-game series, uh, I need to see the Memphis Grizzlies do it before I can pick them. And maybe this is a year for them, right? Maybe they're that big, sexy pick this year that you know people are picking in the first or even the second round. So, But, uh, yeah, for me, I need to see them uh, get it done first before I can back them. But definitely right now in the regular season on a, on a daily game basis when they're playing one team, yeah, I, I can get behind the uh, Memphis Grizzlies for sure. Um I should have mentioned the ATS stats as well because we are a gambling podcast um, for both those teams. Let me kind of go back. The Memphis Grizzlies are number two in the entire league against the spread at 27 and 15. And the Dallas Mavericks um, are 21 and 19 against the spread so far this season. So Memphis, yeah, number two in the entire league as far as covering the number. Let's move over to the next team here. Uh, Zach, we have... The Houston Rockets, man, my hometown team currently are uh, God. I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, let's 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 look at their regular season win total prior to the season starting. It was at twenty six and a half. The updated number is twenty three and a half. Under as at minus one twenty for the division. Uh, they are a whole eight hundred to one to come back and try to win this division. Not going to happen. But currently. Right now, they are 11 and 30, uh, the worst team in the Western Conference right now. Zach, I'll let me start, get your thoughts on the Rockets, and then I'll chime in. But for the Houston Rockets, it's kind of been a, a subpar season, to say the least. I mean, that's what we kind of expected from this team. But what are your thoughts on this roster for the Houston Rockets? Yeah, it's been, it's been uh, down and then up for a little and then back yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> it's been down Definitely. and up and down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, this is a team that I was excited about coming into the season. I don't really think it's it's borne out too much. Um, there's kind of a, like a lot of cooks in the kitchen and then this whole competing direction issue with the fact that you have some vets on this roster and then you have a guy like Jalen Green who you is your future is built around him, but they're three and twenty three when he's in the lineup. Uh, yeah. He's played twenty six games at three and twenty three, and the, the KPJ Jalen Green. I mean, it's fun and, and they can put up numbers and they're both really skilled, but like that's just not gonna 
win you games right now. I think most of that winning streak that they did have was when those guys were out of the lineup. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, when I think Jalen Green was out for most of those games, they had KPJ. Yeah. 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 And, and then you have, you know, Christian Wood now that they're back in kind of this youth mode. Um, he's having, uh, you know, a suspension. So I think there's definitely some trades they made at the deadline to kind of clean up this team a little bit. I think they need to go in that direction, but you jump in here. I mean, I haven't talked with you about the Rockets uh, in a while. Where are you at with this team? Kind of what's like, what's the, what's the pulse of the fan base on, on, you know, the youth and the future of this team? What's the good, what's the bad? Yeah, I think for the Rockets, I mean, obviously they got off to an absolutely terrible start to the season where they lost, what, 17, 18 games in a row. And then all of a sudden they, you know, won about seven games in a row. And it's like you said, it's been a roller coaster up and down for this team. And I think for the Rockets, they just kind of need to figure out what the identity is and what the future plans are for this team. Because like you mentioned, they still have vets on this team, right? You still have guys like Aaron Gordon uh, on this roster. You have, you know, the whole John Wall situation where I don't think there's a team willing to trade for that contract right now, especially with the things that we've heard about his knee. You know, last season they shut him down just because it was, again, it seemed like it was starting to flare up a little bit. But I think they kind of need to figure out, hey, which direction do we want to go? Do we want to build around Kevin Porter Jr.? Do we want to build around Christian Wood? And do we want to build around Jalen Green? There's been some type of rumblings that, you know, if the right deal does come across, they're they're willing to ship uh, Christian Wood, you know? And I think that yeah. um, it makes a lot of sense, but, you know, there's there's three young guys on this roster for the uh, Houston Rockets that they may or may not want to build around Jalen green is definitely part of it because he is your number two overall pick. But um, when you have Kevin Porter jr. And, and Jalen green in your backcourt, I think the other young piece that they probably really want to get some more playing time to and develop is Alpert and Shangun. And we've seen flashes of what this guy can do on the court, but I think the fans, at least, you know, from a non-betting perspective are really hyping this guy up, but I just haven't been sold on him because <laughs> There's, I mean, he he's had, yeah, there's flashes where he makes these, you know, behind the back passes and snow look passes, but he really has to adapt to the NBA game. And he's been in, you know, has games where he has a lot of fouls, where he has a lot of turnovers. But I think when he gets accustomed to the NBA game, those things are going to improve for him. And that's only going to be improved by him getting on the floor. So the expectation in Houston is that, hey, yeah, we're going to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the entire NBA at least for this season, possibly next year as well. And I, I think the one person that we kind of have to give a lot of credit to, even though this team is really bad, is head coach Steven Silas because what he came into, what he thought where he had James Harden and Russell Westbrook to work with, now those two guys are gone from this roster. And now you have this whole young movement that's coming in for the Houston Rockets. So, I mean, look, this is a fun team to watch. If you're over better like I am, this team is an automatic over better every single night. We heard about the situation and the, the locker room spat that they had between John Lucas, Kevin Porter Jr., and Christian Wood in the Denver game at halftime where Kevin Porter Jr. left the arena. Seems like they patched things up. You know, when they, once they had those two guys back on the floor against Washington, they went out and won that game, 114-111. And, yeah. you know, they're back to, you know, being a bad defensive team. So I think from right now, they need to figure out what the identity is. If the if the NBA trade deadline, as it is approaching, if their right deal comes across, 
for a guy like Eric Gordon, for a guy like Jan, John Wall, and also Christian Wood, make those trades, accumulate your draft assets, maybe get some more young talent in here and, and start developing these guys and just letting them go out and play because you know this team is not going to be very good uh, for the rest of the season at 11 and 30. Yeah, I think that that's the key point right there. If we're looking at you know the betting implications for maybe a, a win total under, or just you know reminding yourself to fade this team is that I, I they do own their own first round pick this year, right? I mean they have obviously yeah. some weird pick situations going on with, with the James Harden Hall, but also sending out stuff in the past. But yeah. you know they have their own first round pick right here. They're they you know with how well OKC how well you know in quotes obviously OKC has played like they kind of have the inside track to go up and join them the Pistons and the Magic and. This year, look, you said it's not going anywhere. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be a team that will be kind of tanking, especially with, I think, that the year after. Maybe there's some pick uncertainty. I got to check in on that. Um, but, yeah, Steven Silas, like you said, I think he's a great coach. I think it's been a really tough situation. I hope that this does not um, reflect poorly on him because it's been kind of yeah. an impossible situation. I highly doubt that we see, you know, Christian Wood will be interesting, but, I, you know, I don't think we see him – blocking Shangun as much, whether that's, you know, by a de- decreased role or is he getting traded um, at the deadline? Eric Gordon seems like a guy that'll definitely be moved at the deadline. So yeah, there should be more opportunity. I mean, I think with Jalen green, like he's, he started to look better. I still, I, I still am high on him and he started to play better. And he, he come back uh, from his injuries, um, but definitely is kind of a weird situation, right? Because he's not getting as much hype as these other rookies, like your Cade Cunningham. And then you have like your Mobley, your, your Scotty Barnes, your Giddy, your Franz, like Jalen green has been, we missed a lot of games, like we said, but hasn't played as well as maybe some other guys. Like are, are, are you, are you still like pumped up about Jalen green as a fr- the face of the franchise going forward? What's the level of buy-in on this, uh, on him as, as the young star right now? Yeah, I just need to see him get just just get a run, man. Just just continue to develop. The, I'm still a believer yeah. in him because he's only played in 26 games so far mm-hmm. in his NBA career, right? He's yeah. he missed some time with uh, the hamstring injury, being in and out of health and safety protocols. So um, it, it's going to be tough to really gauge the development and really get a good feel on a guy like Jalen Green because you still have Christian Wood who demands the basketball so much, right? You you have Eric Gordon that's in the starting lineup that a veteran that you want to keep happy that needs to get his shots at well. Like the keys aren't in Jalen Green's hand right now, right? They're not in Kevin Porter Jr.'s hands right now. It's like we got to pass his ball around. We got to get other people involved. And until like we know that Jalen Green is – going to be the guy that they're going to hand the keys over to the offense to this guy that's when we'll really find out what Jalen Green is about and I think he kind of needs to develop his shot a little bit more but I do want to see him attack the basket a little bit more as the season kind of progresses here so I think the Houston Rockets are another team uh, Zach that are going to be uh, that we need to keep an eye on as this trade deadline approaches because there's services of players on this roster that other teams can use like Christian Wood and Eric Gordon hmm. no yeah that's that's fascinating. I'm, yeah, I, I think I always love like kind of taking the temperature of a fan base on how they're kind of feel about a young team like this. And I'm still a big Jalen Green believer. I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing him, like you said, just kind of play more consistently. And, you know, I, I think Steven Silas is a guy we saw kind of the rise of his career with Luka Doncic. Now, Jalen Green is not like a very similar player, but kind of they have they can do similar things. So it would be cool to see Jalen Green kind of take over this offense and start to put up some really big games. But for now, yeah, kind of in a holding pattern until the deadline, then they probably will suck the rest of the year after that. Yeah, there's always the one hope before we wrap up, wrap up with the Rockets is that if 
Luca ever gets frustrated in Dallas that Steven he thrived under Steven Silas. So maybe he wants yeah. to come over to Houston and play for Steven Silas. <laughs> Wishful yeah. thinking. Um, but yeah, we agree on taking the under on this um uh win total, the updated one of 23 and a half for the uh Houston Rockets. Let's get over to the next team. In the Western, uh, sorry, the Southwest Division, two game, uh, two teams left here, and we touched on this team a little bit last week. Uh, Zach was the New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, um, their season win total prior to the season was thirty nine and a half. Uh, currently, do not see an updated one. Them um, to win this division right now is four hundred to one. So I think we pretty much know it's a two horse race. Um, yeah, we touched on them last season, currently trying to get their updated record right now. They are sitting at 14 and 26. Um, Zach, I know we mentioned this team last week, but what are your other, any other thoughts from last week that I guess what my biggest question for the Pelicans is what is the direction that they want to go in, right? Is it going to be Zion and Ben Brandon Ingram, or is one of these guys going to be traded come, you know, the summertime? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think this is the team that I've been I enjoy on a, on a team to team basis. But the big kind of questions that will determine the rest of the season for them is, you know, Zion's health and the kind of competitive direction that they want to go in. Um, I think they're playing they're playing pretty well right now compared to kind of their level. Uh, obviously, not like a playoff team or anything, but I, I like how they've been playing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be all about Zion and and that and that question um, as we move forward toward the rest of the year. I think they could potentially be a team that. Maybe maybe they do get Zion back and they get really hot down the stretch and they start playing great basketball and Zion fits in and they chase a playing spot like that's not off the table for them. Yeah. Um, but it's just going to be a matter of, of how does he get back and how does he mesh when he does. They, like like we said last week, between Graham, Herb Jones, Josh Hart, and Bi, like and, and they have some nice pieces uh, in place to to get Zion ready. Yeah. Um, so hopefully hopefully we get to see that. Yeah, outside of those, you know, obviously the Brandon Ingrams and the Valanciunas, Devontae Grahams, you mentioned Herb Jones quite a few times, even in our conversations offline, a guy that you're really high on. But outside of those guys, who do you think is the other maybe key young pieces that they've drafted or acquired in trade deadlines that that could probably be a significant contributor to his team going forward? Uh, maybe not for the rest of the season, but probably for the future. Is a guy like Kira Lewis or Jackson Hayes or Trey Murphy? Well, Lewis, Lewis out for the year now with a knee injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, yeah, they have they have Trey Murphy in there as well, right? And, yeah. and I think that you know Jackson Hayes, I'm not sure he's going to be on this roster if a, if a package that they have to put together. I think Jackson Hayes might be a guy that put in that package. But uh, any other young talent on this roster do you see that that could flourish outside of Herb Jones? Yeah, Trey Murphy is a guy I definitely look at as someone who could come on the rest of the year and potentially a guy that you might want to monitor like DFS players, player props, stuff like that. Yes, yeah. you know kind of an inconsistent role like he's been in, in a lineup with covid uh or with, with you know how covid shapes the roster around him gotten some you know 20 type minute games here and there um but like you know mostly stuck around the single digits so he's a guy uh late lottery pick i believe or you know the the yeah. number seven number 17 pick um so just behind that lottery and pedigree as a great shooter so you know when zion does come back they're going to need shooting around him um so that could be an interesting one to follow and a player that a lot of people are really high on hasn't really clicked yet um Nikhil, i mean he's kind of continuing to show the great flashes and also just like when you look at his numbers there's like not that good he's not efficient at all yeah. um so like if he could dial it in and like get the flashes to be more consistent i still think he, he could be a promising young guard in this franchise but um yeah, definitely Trey Murphy, and to see how Herb Jones continues to develop. I mean, Herb Jones is a guy who, like, 
in that there was a Pelicans Warriors game last week on, on Thursday night. He absolutely enveloped Jordan Poole. Like he made Jordan Poole's night miserable. Yeah. Um, and so he has that capability offensively. He's not phenomenal yet, but uh, continuing to monitor his growth as well as Trey Murphy. Like that's like a nice group of you. That's a nice group of young wings. If you if you keep B.I. and you keep Josh Hart, that, that could be potentially four wings who are capable of playing at a starter level. Yeah, 100%. I think that for uh, going back to Alexander Walker, he really needs to develop his shot a little bit more because the numbers all across the season are are, are below 40%. So if he's able to work on his shooting and really develop it and get it in, you know, and really improve it, I think this is a guy that can really contribute to this team as well. Um yeah, we talked about Herb Jones again. I, yeah, I'm also excited. I watched this guy. I think it was the, uh, I believe it was the Golden State Warriors game that I was watching. And, and yeah, he did an absolutely fantastic job. He had five steals in that game. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, for the, for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. And, you know, for this team, again, I think this is another team that they just, they, they need to make a decision on what they want to do with both BI and Zion. Like, you need to make that decision. Then this is the offseason. You have a new head coach in Willie Green. Um, make that decision and, you know, start either from scratch or start building around one of these two guys, because like you mentioned, they do have nice young pieces that they've drafted and acquired um, from other teams and in the draft. So I think that they need to make that decision on what they want to do. So, um, you know, we, we, we talked about it last week that Zion is, uh, you know, training or conditioning uh, outside or away from the team in Portland, Oregon. Um, So definitely that's news that we will continue to monitor for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans and kind of to wrap up the Pelicans here, um, they have the most, or they're, they're right in the middle of the pack as far as uh, strength of schedule remaining 18th uh, toughest schedule. We can say that is remaining for the Pelicans. So, um, you know, depending on the, again, the biggest question mark is Zion. So what are they, you know, what's going to happen with or without Zion going forward? Uh, Anything else on this team? Um, I know we talked about last week, so kind of keeping it short with the Pelicans, but anything else uh, for them, uh, Zach? Nah, I was, I was going to say, oh, only you and me could uh, talk about a team for like 25 minutes last <laughs> week and then have like another 20-minute conversation, but it's just so fun. Um, and yeah, they're, they're a team I, I, I enjoy, um, but yeah, n- nothing else for now. Yeah, let's move on to the last team in this division. It's going to be the San Antonio Spurs. Um, their win total coming into the season was 28 and a half currently don't have an updated number for them. Uh, right now they are number 10 in the Western conference sitting with their record of 15 and 24. And Zach, this is another team that has a lot of young, great talent. I think for the Spurs, the the main player, the guy that they're going to want to build around is going to be DeJounte Murray. Who's just coming to his own this season. Averaging 18.3 points, nine assists uh, for this roster. Also getting about two steals per game. Yeah. And they have, so I have some young, uh, young pieces like Kelvin Johnson on this roster. Devin, so I think it was another guy that you've been high on. Um, but I think, you know, we've heard Ben Simmons being rumored to the Spurs as a possibility. Uh, you have Derek White on this uh, roster, Lonnie Walker, who I, I'm a, I'm a fan of. Um, but again, for this team, you know, Josh Primo, I think this is a guy that you were really high on. And they have Trey Jones as well. So a lot of young talent. Who do you think is going to step up and, you know, be that role player or or be that guy next to DeJounte Murray? Or do the Spurs have enough assets to go out and make a trade for a splash or all-star type of player? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of told the story right there with how many guys you listed in terms of like the young talent on this team that they have a ton of cooks in the kitchen right now. Yeah. And DeJounte has kind of established himself as the number one guy, but like, I think they are definitely an interesting team to watch at the deadline because 
they're 15 and 24, nine games below 500, but I'll be damned. Man. I think that they're a pretty good team. Like I, I, I like this team. They're at a zero, a, a true zero point differential. So, I mean, they're higher than a few teams above them. They like, and so if you just rank by point differential, they would be a playoff team in the West. Yeah. Lost a lot of close ones. Uh, I think they could be like, they're, they, they, it's, it's not a coincidence. They're mentioned with Ben Simmons every single time. Like, I think they want to go cash in like three or four of these young guards that they have and bring in another star player and then open the door for whoever's left to get more playing time. Like Josh Primo is a number 12 pick in the draft. He's completely blocked than getting this rotation by like eight guys yeah um, yeah and like you know maybe josh primo is the one you trade but like they have so many options right now it's like they don't really know what to do um and that being said i mean they they're kind of like a average team right now i mean i think what i would look at for this team in terms in terms of improving their 18th in defense right now um and they're not great offensively either like i think they should be better defensively especially if you're anchored by murray who's so good on the perimeter and then you have Pirtle inside who's also pretty good defender like i i would look for this team to kind of be a top 10 defense because then you can kind of take some of the offensive lumps that they have been taking with these developing young guards who aren't totally probably ready to carry an offense on their own like they're still they're 29th in three-point volume. That, that's why I thought it's kind of interesting. Like, they traded DeMar. Chicago is last in three-point volume because, like, DeMar does that to your team. But yeah. it's just tough to win this way when you are when you don't have, like, a Kyrie Irving going and getting buckets in the mid-range or a Kevin Durant. Like, it's DeJounte Murray, Derek White, and Lonnie Walker. Like, those guys aren't quite good enough to carry an offense yet. So, I would like to see them kind of hunker down on the defensive end and then maybe go make a trade for somebody. Um, but I do like this team. I mean, they're, like I said – playing to a true zero um, in terms of point differential and they really can compete with anybody on any, any given night. So I think they're a team I would like to improve whether that's internally just playing better um, or potentially being an active team at at the deadline, trying to cash in a few of these younger guys and bring in a a better player. I mean, the talk of Popovich and how he was going to retire and he never wanted to rebuild. Like they still haven't really rebuilt, but they're kind of rebuilding right now anyways with all these young pieces. So you never really know kind of where they're at uh, as an organization. And, and look, I, I think someone could come in this organization and thrive. Like we've seen that in the past, still a model organization of stability and, and the culture they have with pop. So I still like this team, um, but at 15 and 24, it hasn't been great. Uh, that being said, I think they're a team that could continue to play well and, and work their way into that play in picture. Um, they do have the fifth hardest remaining schedule. So that's yeah. something we monitor. Um, but um a team that I like and definitely losing Keldon and, and Vassell to, to COVID just now hurts. I think Derek white as well. So yeah, those guys, will miss, those guys will miss a few games now here. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest question about what, like you mentioned the whole coach pop situation is that he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, but they pretty much are rebuilding right now. My question to you is, is that, do you think that coach pop is holding them back from Philly rebuilding? <laughs> Uh, maybe I think there's, there could be an element of that. I mean, they, they've kind of done, they've, they, they've done some parts of a rebuild. Like they, you know, they, they picked Josh Primo, like the youngest player in the draft with a, with a lottery pick when they could have gone out and gotten like a Corey Kispert type, you know, like, like the, the wizards got a win now piece. So I think they've done a good job of kind of hedging their bets and they haven't hit gold on a star yet. Like they haven't drafted a star, but they have kind of picked up some nice pieces. And I think that's why they could be, they have like a lot of like cute young pieces. I would say like, you know, yeah. like if you, if you stack on top of each other, a Devin Vassell, a Derek white and a Lonnie Walker, like that kind of adds up to be something really intriguing, even though neither one of those individually hit as a superstar on their own. Um, they kind of all have parts of them that are intriguing. So 
probably in terms of the pop question, but it hasn't kind of burned them yet. Um, yeah. I think they will chase this play in though. And, and look, they're a team I probably wouldn't want to play. Um, I think they're going to be annoying to knock out of the play. And I'll put it that way. Yeah, definitely a lot of young pieces on this roster. Like we said, Kelvin Johnson's 22 years old. Trey Jones, 22 years old. Um, the oldest guy on this roster is Doug McBuckets at 30 years old. So, uh, and Thaddeus Sung at 33. But yeah, and, you know, the young talent's there, but now it's time to, you know, really start developing them or letting them either trade it for go out for an all-star like a Ben Simmons that we've talked about, or, you know, it's, you got to figure out what your identity is for the San Antonio Spurs team. Uh, Looking at their uh, win total to kind of wrap up the Southwest division here, uh, Zach currently is off the board, but with the fourth hardest schedule, I think this might be a team that we probably want to fade for the rest of the season, possibly because again, I think this is a very deep draft coming up just depending on who declares and who doesn't. Um, currently sitting at 15 and 24. Where do you expect this team to kind of end up for the rest of the season? I would say, I, I would say they play like a 500 team the rest of the way. I'll put okay. it that way. So, you know, maybe finish the year around about 10 30 games wins. Under. Yeah. Yeah. 30. Yeah. About 30, I was thinking 30, 30 and 42 is where they kind of end up. But yeah, I do like watching the Spurs team. And like you said, because of the talent that they do have with, with Kellen Johnson, DeJounte Murray, uh, Devin Vassell, Derek White, those guys are really fun to watch. So, We'll be interested to see what kind of transpires and which way the San Antonio Spurs want to go. Any last thoughts for the Southwest division here, Zach, before we move on to the Tuesday night games? Uh, no, that was like a lot, a lot of fun. Brings me, brings back good memories. And, yeah. um, you know, this, this is a sneaky, fun division. I, there's no, there's no boring team in there. Yeah. Them. There's a lot of, uh, young talent on this, um, in the Southwest division, like we've talked about from the Houston to Pelicans, to the Spurs, to even the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, the future is definitely bright, bright in this Southwest division. Uh, Let's put a bow on that uh, division for this week, Zach. Let's take a quick break here and we'll come back and we will dive in to the Tuesday night schedule. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise money for charity along the way too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 U.S. states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via QR codes, text, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and you and see who can win 
and hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And don't forget guys, the SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into this Tuesday night schedule. There's a couple of good games on the board. Uh, we are recording early Monday evening, so these lines may move. So definitely make sure to check the injury reports before you are betting any of these games. Um, a five-game schedule, I believe, on Tuesday night in the association uh, let me pull up the schedule here. Uh, let's start it off with the Oklahoma City Thunder headed to Washington to take on the Wizards, where I'm currently seeing an opening line of Wizards favored by minus nine and a half as a home favorite. Uh, total of 216 and a half. Let me see if any injuries news has been posted for these two teams. Um, I think the only significant names for the Thunder is Isaiah Roby, who's in health and safety protocols as well as Kendrick Williams, also in health and safety protocols. Uh, no injury report yet for the Washington Wizards. But, Zach, let's start with the spread here, man. Minus nine and a half for the Wizards. What are you thinking? Yeah, the, and the Wizards were, were completely whole in their – or mostly whole in their game against the Magic uh, last night. Um, I, I would probably lead me to Thunder here. I mean, this feels like a lot of points of Thunder have lost five uh, – four straight – um, but they did, you know, they showed a lot of fight, uh, especially in that game against uh, Denver last night, cutting that down. Um, so I think they're they're a team here. Nine and a half points feels like a lot for Washington. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander on the perimeter is a guy I think should give some problems to Washington. I mean, they just struggled to contain, you know, a Terrence Ross, and they they've also given up big games to Zach Levine uh, in, in in the last two games here. Um, so I will go with the Thunder plus the nine and a half feels like a lot. Um, and it's a team that's still competing, like, like I've been continuing to mention. I mean, I think the Thunder are kind of much better than anyone expected. Um, and and uh, the Wizards coming back home haven't been playing their best ball, only survived by two against the Magic. I will go to Thunder here. Yeah, I didn't mention the ATS numbers for the uh, sorry Oklahoma City Thunder, who are number three in the entire league covering spread so far this season at 25 and 14. On the road so far this season for the Oklahoma City Thunder, they are 11-7 against the spread, 11-7 and as road underdogs this season. So I agree with you. I do want to lean with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder here. Hopefully this gets to double digits, Zach, so we can really pounce on the Oklahoma City Thunder there. But I think we yeah. both agree on the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder going up against the Washington Wizards, who should be getting a lot of guys back from health and safety protocols uh, on the current injury report uh any thoughts on this total uh for this game at 216 and a half yeah i would lean under here um yeah. feels kind of high but uh again with, with, with the underdog there uh yeah we go uh dog and the under yeah oklahoma city thunder are 24 and 15 towards the under so far this season so definitely yeah uh i think this is a good play on the under here oklahoma city thunder they've just really been struggling on the offensive side of the basketball man um 
I'm trying to pull up their offensive efficiency numbers here. They are, yeah, they're number 29 in the entire league right in front of Detroit uh, as far as offensive efficiency. So um, if we think that the Washington Wizards are, are sorry, the Thunder are going to cover this number, it's probably correlated with the under. Anything else for this game, um, Zach, before we move on to the next one? Nah, but this should be a sneaky, fun game to watch. Um, yeah. You know, there's some other, other really good games on the schedule as well. Yeah, let me get to the games that we do have lines for posted right now. The next one's going to be the Golden State Warriors headed to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies, where the Warriors are a one-point road favorite here. Currently seeing a total of 218.5. Like Zach mentioned earlier, Draymond Green will be out for this game with a uh, calf soreness slash tightness. Um Take a look at some other injury news for both of these teams. Uh, Gary Payton, the second is questionable with a left ankle sprain. Otto Porter is also questionable with left shoulder soreness. For the Memphis Grizzlies, we talked about Dylan Brooks being out for several weeks. Uh, one of their better defensive players, if not their best defensive player, is going to be out. But let's start with the spread here. Uh, Zach currently seeing the Warriors as a one-point road favorite here, man. What are you thinking? I'm definitely going Grizzlies here. Um, probably locked territory. I mean, coming off that just emotional game, like we said, for the Warriors at home, Clay, you know, not, not even really like paying attention to the scoreboard, right? Now you got to go into Memphis against the hottest team in the NBA that we've seen time and time again. I mean, they will be chomping at the bit to get this matchup and make another statement on national TV. It's a rarity for Memphis. So going to go with the, uh, the Grizzlies uh, plus one um, and, yeah, I think, I mean, with, with Steph potentially, you know, not, you know, realistically not playing his best basketball the season. Now you have Clay kind of second game, probably going to be one of his worst ones. If you just go off human psychology there, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies, uh, probably locked territory. Yeah, I think we had discussed this last week uh, uh, on the NBA game possibly with Terrell. As I said that when Clay Thompson gets back, I think it might be a good time to possibly uh, start fading. Uh, the Golden State Warriors because there is going to be an adjustment period for them with Clay coming back, and now you don't have Draymond in the fold. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what kind of transpires um, for this Golden State Warriors team, but I do agree. You know, we've said this a lot of times with Terrell on the NBA Gambling Podcast is that Memphis just seems to get up to play against these Western Conference superior opponents, and I think this is another spot where we see they do that. Um, definitely shop around for this line because I feel like it's moving towards the Golden State Warriors. So possibly shop around for the best number. You could probably see some plus ones and even plus twos popping up for the Memphis Grizzlies. Any thoughts on the total here, Zach? 218 and a half? Um, nah, I mean, maybe slightly into the over with how well Memphis has been playing, but uh, no. All right, let's get over to the next game. Um Kind of going out of order here, but I think we just found another line on one of these games. We have the Phoenix Suns headed to Toronto to take on the Raptors, where the Suns are a three-point road favorite. Um, currently seeing a total of 225 uh, for these two teams. Let's check the injury report here. Um, nothing. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, Justin Jackson not with the team. Cam Johnson is out with a left ankle sprain. Uh, we know yeah. about Frank the Tank. He's going to be out. Uh, Landry Shamit is probable. Uh, DeAndre Aiden is back for this team. He was in health and safety protocols, and I believe he missed their last game. For the Toronto Raptors, Scotty Barnes is questionable with a right knee soreness, and Gary Trent Jr., who I know missed the last game for the um, Raptors, uh, is 
uh, uh, questionable with left ankle swelling. Let's start with a spread here. Zach, minus three for the Phoenix Suns here. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish, I, I hope that Scotty and uh, and Gary Trent play, and I also wish this game was being played in front of fans because this would be a really exciting game with how well Toronto's playing. It's going to be a yeah. fucking great game to watch tomorrow night as well as Grizzlies. Memphis. So buckle up for a great Tuesday night uh, in the NBA. Um, I'm going to go with the Raptors here as a home dog. I mean, I think they are, we mentioned them on the, on the surprise teams last week, playing as good of basketball as anybody in the NBA flat out. Um, they made the, these adjustments to their lineup, playing much smaller and just much longer. And Fred Van Vliet is playing at a different, at another level right now. Like I, I did not think he had this in him. Um, and, you know, the Suns, they, they continue to truck along. Um, but, but to me, the Raptors deserve a little more respect here. I think they're playing really well. So I would go with the plus three at home, especially with, you know, that empty crowd. They're kind of used to it. And the Suns, you know, will be their first time facing it this season. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think that, you know, a lot of teams that may be probably going into Toronto, especially now that they have those restrictions again because of, the, uh, of COVID, that they're playing in an empty arena. And, um, you know, uh, Toronto Raptors has been a team – since they got back their guys from health and safety protocols with, you know, Pascal Siakam with Fred Van Vliet, all the guys they had out, they've, they've been putting the ball inside the basket. I mean, if you kind of just kind of take a look at how many points that they've been putting up prior to the game against the New Orleans Pelicans, this team was, had, had 10 games in a row that went over the total. And they were also covering the number in uh, five out of the last, oh, sorry, six out of the last seven games. Um as much as we t- sometimes do hate disagreement, uh, sorry, agreement on the show, I, I I can't not stop back in the Toronto Raptors cheers as well. Give me the plus three on the Toronto Raptors against yep. this Phoenix Suns team. I mean, the, they're hot right now, and I do not want to get in front of a team that's really hot right now. And guys like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, who have been playing absolutely well uh, since they've all returned to the lineup. Like you said, I hope Scotty Barnes is able to go in this game because – the, the, the dude is a, a monster, man. If you kind of just look at the size of this guy, it's absolutely crazy to see uh, what he's able to do on the court uh, for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Zach, at 225? Uh, lean under, but no. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards the over here just because I, I feel like this might be an up-and-down game between these two teams. Um, like I mentioned, the, the uh, Toronto Raptors have been putting the ball in the basket um, over the – past you know seven eight games uh averaging close to 120 points plus per game so i'll lean towards the over in this game let's get over to uh one of the two last games of the night on tuesday we have the minnesota timberwolves headed down to the big easy to take on the pelicans where the uh timberwolves currently are favored by four points with a total of 227 let me check the injury report here for these teams um Right now, Patrick Beverly is questionable with a right groin soreness. Um, and then for the New Orleans Pelicans, like you mentioned, Zach, earlier, Kira Lewis Jr. is out indefinitely with a right knee uh, ACL slash MCL sprain. And we know about Zion being out for this team. But start with the spread here, Zach, minus four for the um, Timberwolves. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going with the Pelicans here, plus the four. No surprise how I felt about this team. Um, think it should be a pretty good matchup, especially with you know Jonas Valanciunas potentially bruising Cat down low um, and, and Bi up against the team potentially without Pat Bev. Um, so I will go with the Pelicans plus the four as a home dog um, coming back from Toronto, which you know is a big road trip now with the new COVID restrictions. So going to like the Pelicans in their home building here. 
Yeah, Pelicans so far this season uh, at home at least are 11 and 8 against the spread, 8 and 7 as home underdogs. Minnesota 22 and 18, but they've been a sneaky, really good road team so far this season. They're 11 and uh, sorry, 13 and 6 against the spread on the road, uh, 3 and 1 as road favorites. Um, for me, you know, Minnesota has been playing well as of late. Uh, I think I got to continue to back them here. They're they're They've won four games in a row here. Um, I know it hasn't been against the greatest competition, the Clippers, they play the Thunder twice and the Rockets. But, uh, for me, I think this, the, the New Orleans, sorry, the Minnesota Timberwolves have their big three back with Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns and D low, uh, all out of health and safety protocol. So I think I got to continue to back the Minnesota Timberwolves who, like I said, have been above expectations so far this season. Um, so I'll take the minus four with the Minnesota Timberwolves going into New Orleans. Uh, any thoughts on this total here, um, Zach, at 227? No. <laughs> I feel like this might be an under team because I feel like the Pelicans may not be able to put up enough points um, to kind of get this number over the total. Currently, yeah, I, the- I can see that. Yeah, the Pelicans are 22 and 18 to the uh, under so far this season um, as a road, sorry, a home underdog, eight and seven to the over, but not much uh, there. Um, definitely, yeah, excited for that Valanchunas and the um, Cat um, matchup in this game on Tuesday night. Let's quickly get over to the last game of the evening, Zach. We have the Denver Nuggets. Headed to L.A. to take on the Clippers, where the Denver Nuggets are currently a one-and-a-half-point uh, road favorite, currently seeing a total of 218. Quickly checking the injury report for this game. Nothing gets submitted, so let's just get right to the spread here. Uh, minus one-and-a-half for the Denver Nuggets. I know Denver's one of your teams. Uh, Zach, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I mean, Will. so Will Barton did just get added to the COVID list yeah. uh, this evening as we recorded, so he'll miss this game. And that's a pretty big loss uh, mm-hmm. for for the Nuggets. Clippers, uh, they gotten a little bit healthier recently, uh, getting Batum back in the lineup as well as uh, Marcus Morris. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would probably lean with the Clippers here as a, as a slight home dog. I mean, I think I think the Nuggets, you know, Will Barton going down is a big deal for them yeah. uh, with, how, with how much of a perimeter load he's kind of carried this year. Um, and the Nuggets are a team that, while I have enjoyed them, I don't really trust them. Um, you know, at this point, 20 and 18, uh, just 500 on the road. And the Clippers are a team that, you know, they, they, they've been okay, uh, you know, obviously getting that nice win against Atlanta in their last game at home. So I will go with the Clippers here. Yeah, Clippers are finally healthy, like you mentioned. They were missing a couple of their big guys their last game, but they were able to get Zubac back um, uh, in that game against the Atlanta Hawks. And I think defensively, the Clippers, if they're going to win games, it's going to have to be on the defensive end of the basketball. They were able to hell, or sorry, hold this Atlanta Hawks offense to 93 points uh, in their victory, 106-93 over them. So, um, yeah, I think I got to go with the Clippers as well. I do love the under in this game. Um, I just feel like it'll probably be a slugfest, more half-court uh, uh, half court offense in mm. this game. Uh, Denver in the second half, just I don't know what happens at halftime. Either they're taking some sleeping pills or what, but – it's a great, yeah. cra- it's a crazy night and day difference between the Denver Nuggets, what they do in the first half and what they do in the second half. So um, I will back the under in this game as well. Any other thoughts for this game, uh, Zach, as we get to our lock and dog for the Tuesday night schedule? Yeah. I mean, just to build up what you said, I mean, literally 
any Nuggets game, but mostly any NBA game nowadays. Like if one team, if the Nuggets have like a 17 point in the lead in the first half, which they like almost always do randomly, just bet the other team on the live money line. Like I can't tell you how many open opportunities is given me just to hedge out and, and shave a small profit because you just keep that screen open, just tracking the, how the live odds move. I mean, there are so many lead swings in, in NBA games nowadays, but especially the Nuggets, like every single game, they build something and yeah. they give it away. And then, you know, against the Thunder, like they win by four, but OKC led in that game, like could have easily hedged out. So definitely would recommend that as a, as a, if you're, if you're watching a game, like it's, you know, and you have your laptop next to you, you might as well just check it out. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's crazy that if you take, kind of take a look at the scoring averages in the first half of games, uh, the Denver Nuggets are number two at 57.4 for the season over their last three games at 61. And then if we fast forward to the second half of games, the Denver Nuggets are number t- number 30, dead last, averaging 48.3 <laughs> points in the second half. So again, like Zach said, uh, wait for those middle opportunities or uh, opportunities to hedge out if you are betting on one or the other uh, in Denver Nuggets games. Zach, let's close this show out strong, man. Let's get to our lock and dog for the evening. Uh, I'll give you the floor first, man. What's your lock and your dog for the Tuesday night schedule? Yeah, my lock is going to be. Damn, I, I, I like I like all these games. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I, I, except for the, I, I like uh, the the Grizzlies, the Raptors, and the Pelicans and the Clippers. I'll give you the lock will be the Clippers and dog Pelicans. Um, but, you know, bonus lock on the Grizzlies as well. There you go. Um, yeah, for my lock, I'm going to go with – I agree with you on that Memphis game. I think this is a probably a tricky spot for the Golden State Warriors. So give me the Memphis Grizzlies plus the one as my lock. Um, for my dog here, let's see. Um whew, Let's see. Let's see. Um, let's go mm, – Oh, the Raptors. Yeah, let's go. Raptors plus the three uh, against the Phoenix Suns, as well as the money line. Raptors have been good to me picking uh, on the NBA gambling podcast, so I got to continue to ride with them. So give me the Toronto Raptors plus the three and also get down on that money line as well. Uh, Some really good games tomorrow night, like you mentioned, Zach, uh, for Tuesday night. So those are going to be our picks for the Tuesday night schedule. Zach, uh, anything else you want to get off your chest uh, for this Tuesday night schedule or anything happening in the NBA before we wrap up? Uh, no, nah, I mean, Kyrie Irving again tonight, getting to watch that should be fun. Yeah. And definitely just looking forward to that. James Harden's out. So we should be going to see a lot of Kyrie tonight and that'll be uh, nice to see. Yeah, definitely. I like, I think I mentioned this on the pod this morning that I thought one of KD or James Harden was going to be out in this game uh, and it turned out to be James Harden. So yeah, definitely get down on those Kyrie Irving props, but Probably won't get to this information till tomorrow, so it's pretty much irrelevant. But, uh, yeah, definitely enjoy the games uh, on the Tuesday night schedule uh, for the NBA. Like we mentioned, a couple of great games. Um, That will be the show for the Tuesday night NBA Gambling Podcast edition. Zach and I will be back next Tuesday. We'll break down another division and get into the games for the Tuesday night schedule. Zach, let the people know where they can find you, man. Oh, you're on mute, Zach. There right. we go. Uh, you find <laughs> me on my, my, my Twitter page, uh, at NBA Zach B, and then uh, in the Slack channel. Uh, come there today, a little bit of Pistons plus 11. We got the boys on it. So, again, you know, we'll be irrelevant, but we will see how that goes. 
Yeah, definitely hop into the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. Uh, so many different channels across the board for the uh, for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. With that being said, guys, good luck with your bets this week and on this Tuesday night. Uh, we will be back Wednesday morning with myself and Terrell to break down the Wednesday night slate and as well as player props on the propcast for myself and Scott. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.